Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Shooting It Straight with the Rosses. We hope this episode blesses you as we share the things that God has placed on our hearts this week. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search Shooting It Straight to connect to all of our encouraging thoughts, posts, and updates. Love y'all. back to another episode of Shooting Straight with the Rosses. Tonight we're going to talk about faith. So, uh, you guys want to start off tonight? You want to start with a little prayer? Or? Yeah, we can do prayer. Okay. Sure. Sounds sure. good. Cool. Let's do it. Me? Fine. Yeah. Sure. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to just sit in your presence and to fellowship with you and to talk amongst each other and uh Maybe bring something to the people watching. Just uh, whatever you have to say or whatever you want to do tonight, Lord. We we'll just leave it open to you. So just lead us by your spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 She's a little distracting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know uh, for whenever I'm wanting to talk about faith and stuff, I'm always reminded of when Jesus actually gives us a demonstration of what faith looks like. and He likens it to... Uh, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be cast into the sea and it will grow. Um, I really like that story, so I figured we can start off in there. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. Where, where do you want to start at that, though? Because he talks about faith because the disciples couldn't cast out the demon. That, I'm going to start at that. Okay. So I'm going to okay. start at the demon. So. Where are we at? Uh, Matthew 17, beginning in verse 14. <clears throat> I like that even in the Passion Translation, it even addresses that. It says, unbelief hinders healing. That's a little heading title right here. I like that. To all the viewers that can't recognize me, yes, I did shave. I have a baby face, so. Who's that guy? <laughs> Don't worry, Bearded Jake will be back soon enough. Um... Beginning in verse 14. They came to where a large crowd had gathered to wait for Jesus. A man came and knelt before him and said, Lord, please show your tender mercy toward my son. He has a demon who afflicts him. He has epilepsy, and he suffers horribly from seizures. He often falls into the cooking fire or into the river. I brought him to you, I brought him to your followers, but they weren't able to heal him. Jesus replied, where is your faith? Can't you see how wayward and wrong this generation is? How much longer do I stay with you and put up with your doubts? Bring your son to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was instantly healed. Later, the disciples came to him privately and asked, Why couldn't we cast out the demon? He told them, It was because, you lack, uh, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, if you have faith inside of you no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there, and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do. But this kind of demon is cast out only through prayer and fasting. And so one of the things that, when I used to read this story, I always thought that you know, when I was first coming to Jesus and I'd hear this story, I would hear that and I would think, man, prayer and fasting, you'd have to have 
a certain, you know, I guess, rapport built with the Lord through prayer and fasting, and that and then you would have a special pass to be able to cast out certain types of demons. And later on, I, I found out, realizing you know, that that's such a works-based mentality, that if I do something, then God will move, and it's just not the way that the kingdom works. It's not, it's not how he set this whole thing up to be. He actually does everything. It's not dependent upon our goodness. It's dependent upon his goodness. And so, uh, one of the things that I found out in this story is that when it talks about um, prayer and fasting, being able to cast out this type of demon, what he's talking about isn't the demon inside of the boy. He's actually talking about the demon of unbelief yeah. inside the in the side of the disciples. Yeah. And so, I love whenever Daniel Kalinda was the first one I ever heard speak about this, and it made sense. And I loved his his reference for what faith was for him. He said that faith and unbelief is like, faith is like gasoline and unbelief is like diesel. But we're driving a, um, no, sorry. Faith is like diesel and unbelief is like regular gas. And we're driving a diesel truck. Yeah. You know, and he talked the story about how him and his wife, they had this car and it was a diesel car. And their friend went to borrow it one time when he was moving and stuff. So anyway, they let him borrow it. And to be nice, he wanted to fill up their car with the gas that he used. And he topped it off. Well, he didn't realize it was a diesel engine. Mm -hmm. And so they used regular gas, which completely destroyed the engine. And it it never worked the same. They had to total it out. And um, But that's just what he was talking about. For a Christian believer, Unbelief is like that gasoline on our diesel engine. Like, man, it just stops the work of God in our lives, just like that. But we run off of faith. Like, that's what the whole thing that we're running on is faith. This is a faith walk. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we won't see anything come to pass. And I was just telling you guys earlier, I heard a uh, Catherine Kuhlman quote, and uh her organist who played for her at the time, it was a young boy, came up and asked her, you know, ma'am, what, what is faith? And Catherine Kuhlman's response was, oh, son, faith is whenever you stop uh, believing what you see and you start seeing what you believe. Mm -hmm. And I love that quote. Yeah. And it's really simple. And I think a lot of times we overcomplicate what faith is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of this conversation was just driven out of previous conversation. We've sat here for the last couple of hours <laughs> yeah. just talking about the miraculous, you know, and and talking about people who walk in faith in such a way where they see the dead raised, literally see the dead raised, mm -hmm. where they, yeah. you know, encounter things with somebody's head gets cut off and they put the head back on it, grows back on the person's alive and walking around like yeah. You know, these are, are real things that are that are happening through the mature faith of a believer who simply believes. Yeah. And it's so important for us to to allow ourselves to kind of venture into that and think about that um, and imagine ourselves in those situations. Yeah. You know, when we were talking earlier, it was like, man, I, I don't I don't know if I would have the faith for that. If I would be able to yeah. step out, like you see somebody's head laying next to you, 
like my initial response is going to be, oh, I'm going to stick that back on there and pray that they live. Like that is not my initial yeah, response. For sure. Um, but you know, it's Ooh. somebody's. <laughs> Thank goodness for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> my initial response is, oh crap, his head's off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. I think that, um, you know, like I was telling you guys, you know, the word of this year for me is stewardship. God gave me a word for this year. Every year I try and ask God for, you know, what is he wanting to do overall arching, you know, in this next year to come. And then he kind of gave me a word um, for myself for my year and in mind, stewardship. And I really think that as we talk about faith, that this is one of those areas that I really feel like God's wanting for me to steward well is my faith. Yeah. You know, I really, because there is seasons and times where I'll really, like, push myself. You know, when I'll be really contending for healing, or I'll really be contending for words of knowledge, or, you know, I'll be contending for salvations, whatever. And there'll be seasons of, like, great faith in those areas of, like, man, I'm believing God for this. But then I'll have, like, this tendency to, like, kind of just peter out and just, like, eh, well, I'm going to get into something different. But there's something to be said about somebody that can actually, like, stay the course. They're, like, they, yeah. God tells them to do something, and they just do it. And some people, they make their life out of that. Like, yeah. I think of, like, Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah. God told, you know, he had this amazing healing ministry. He didn't just push for he to see healing, and he saw a couple and was satisfied with that, and okay, now we'll just thank you, God, for, you know, that healing, and then just go about doing what he was doing. No, he contended for that his entire life. Mm -hmm. And because he kept pushing and going deeper and deeper, man, he saw some absolutely crazy miracles yeah. of seeing people raised from the dead, people that had tumors and goiters on their faces and stuff, come up, smack the goiters right off their face, and they'd be healed, like it just, boop, pop off, like... Like, that kind of stuff, like, man, you don't see that on a regular basis. Right. But he saw that on a regular basis. And the reason being is because he lived by faith. Yeah. You know, and I love, even whenever they interviewed him, you know, they're like, how do you see all these miraculous miracles? And, like, how, how do you see all this? And he was like, it's simple. Just believe. Right. Faith. That's it. You know? Right. It's a man who lived by faith. Well, you'd have to have a lot of faith. <laughs> To smack a goiter off someone's face. Right. Like, you know, I mean, I just or, feel like... Or punch if a tumor in their stomach. Right. If your yeah. faith's not in it, <laughs> you better not even try that one. Yeah. You just hold off till your faith is there. Yeah. yeah. yeah Smith Wigglesworth, his ministry um, tactics, I don't suggest. Yeah, for Or <laughs> even for myself, if God tells you to do it, do it. But... Huh. I wouldn't just replicate. Yeah, I wouldn't else's. just test those waters. I just wouldn't <laughs> smack somebody or punch them and you or, know be healed or drop kick their dead baby. Yeah. and see it come back to life. Yeah, because yeah. if that doesn't work, you look really bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> looks really bad anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks really bad no matter how you slice it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But how cool is it that we serve a God that that will use people to do these things? He could do them without us. Yeah. But he wants to partner with us. He wants to use us. Yeah. And he invites us into the supernatural with him, with supernatural with him. And he invites us to take part in in administering healing to people or administering, you know, victory or 
life re-entering their bodies, you know, and, yeah. and it comes from God, but he invites us to be a part of that. And how cool is that, that he wants to do that with us? Yeah. Yeah. But all the big greats you see that have ever walked in the, the faith walk ministry, like, like you said, they steward it. They, uh, it's like, you know, I heard today, you know, he said, uh, a Navy SEAL doesn't train when the stuff hits the fan, you know, they train way before. Yeah. And that's the same with you. It's the same with your, your faith walk. If you're not fasting and praying and spending your time in your word and in your secret place, cause all your, all power comes from the secret place. Yeah. It comes from that intimate time with God, you know, and it, if you're not doing that, when it's time and now you're in a crisis, you, now you're praying like, Oh God, I please hope, I hope you do something where if you've been praying all the time, you've already prayed all that. You just go up and simply lay your hands on them and they're healed because you already did the pre-work. Yeah. Pastor Mike you calls know. that staying prayed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And I, I like that term. You yeah. know, you, you stay prayed up, praying in advance for things, believing for things. So that when you come to a situation, you're not having to start from ground zero. You've already prayed about it. You've already built, your faith has been built in it. You know, you've already talked about, about mm -hmm. it and you can just function in yeah. confidence. I always see that in healing. It's in the scripture even. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't even say pray for them. Because if you're a believer and you're in your secret place and you're reading your word, you're oozing God. All you have to do is lay your hands on them and they shall recover. Yeah. That's how the disciples walked by people in their shadows. Right. Going across them, they were healed in those shadows. Yeah. The, the disciples never prayed for them. They didn't even touch them for that matter. Right. You yeah. know, but because of that secret place time, they had the the overflow of Holy Spirit yeah. that could just administer healing to people in their passing. I've had a phrase going through my head and it's been the whole this whole month since yeah. the new year started. And it's yeah. uh it stemmed from the verse where it says and, and who are these man men that turn the world upside down? You know? And it says clearly they have been with God. Yeah. They've been with him. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. They've been with him. You want to turn a world upside down, you got to be with them. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, in a phrase that I tell my students a lot with, with this, you know, going along the lines of staying prayed up, is a phrase I tell my students and my friends and people like that all the time is, uh, is to be proactive instead of reactive. Mm. You know, there's so many times whenever, you know, it's like you said, life comes at us, and if we're taken aback, and we have to try and gather ourselves in the moment. Most of the times, we're going to stumble, mm -hmm. or we're going to we're going to screw it up. At best, we're going to barely salvage the moment and like barely scrape by. Where if we're being proactive in our faith, and I think that's you know something that I, I was reading the, this book called The Anointing by Benny Hinn that Miss Eileen gave to me, and um, in the story, Benny Hinn was talking about um, how he was in a Detroit meeting. And he was up there, and he was doing some preaching and stuff. And um, he was at a, his hotel room that night before, and he was up way late last in the night, and it was midnight. And he began to pray to God, and all of a sudden he just got taken up, and was just this sweet presence, and the the, the presence was so thick he had never felt it so thick in his life. And he said that he felt like he prayed for twenty minutes, but the next time he looked down at his clock, it was three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so he was like, "Oh my goodness!" He's like, and so he went to sleep and. Before he got up, 
um, you know, before he started going to the meeting and stuff, he got up and he just began to pray again. And it wasn't as strong as the night before, but he began to pray. Well, he gets to his meeting, and all of a sudden the Shekinah glory starts showing up at his meeting. Mm. This manifest presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory is like the ultimate presence of like the actual presence of the Holy, like of God, like the Lord. Like, I don't know the best description for it other than like... You can see it, yeah. feel it. Smell it, taste it. Yeah, it, it engages all your senses. Let's just say it's not a goosebump. It's yeah. This is the kind of stuff that'll knock you 40 feet back when it touches you. Like, this is... Yeah. Shekinah glory's nuts on a whole nother level. Yeah. And uh, I personally have never experienced it. But I, I've I'm seen looking forward to it. I've seen it in a dream. I've never seen nothing like that. But I'm looking forward to seeing it soon because I believe wholeheartedly, you know, God's going to show up in yeah. that way. But anyway, the Shekinah glory shows up. And uh, anyway, in his meeting, and all he said was the name of Jesus. Because the presence was starting to get thick, and he was like, oh, Jesus. And then, oh, the clouds started rolling in on the side and just like started knocking everybody out. Well, he had another meeting that night, and so he was in town, and he had some family, he had some cousins in the in town that he hasn't talked to in a long time, and he lost contact with them. But anyway, he recontacted them, and he was like, "Hey, let's have lunch." So he goes to have lunch, and um, you know he's sitting there having a good time, and he's got that meeting the, that night. He goes, but you know he's just enjoying the time with his cousins and stuff, and re reconnecting. And all of a sudden, he felt this pull from Holy Spirit say. I need you to come be with me. Mm. And he was like, oh, right now, Lord, the, the hotel's so far away. I, I'm. It would be so rude. We just started, like, getting to reconnect. I don't want to leave my cousins right now. I don't know if I could get a car. He was like, I don't have a ride. He, was, he didn't have a car back then. He had to get, like, find a ride. Isn't it great giving excuses to yeah. God? And so he <laughs> gave all these excuses, and he wound up not going and praying. Mm. He said that that night came, rolled around. And uh, he had his meeting, and they showed up, and he said that he just stumbled through the night. And, you know, they had the, the room more than doubled because everyone who was there that morning obviously wanted to bring everyone that they could to come experience yeah. what they experienced that morning. But the presence wasn't there. He stumbled. He goes, man, it's the most embarrassing thing ever. He said that once he got done preaching, he ran to his hotel as fast as he could. And he got up there, and he just wept, and he was like, God, what happened? Why, why, why didn't you show up like you did this morning? And he said, the anointing cost something. I yeah. asked you to be with me. Mm-hmm. And it just like hit, hit him like a ton of bricks and he had to repent. You know, and I just think about that like it being proactive in our faith. I think to grow in our faith, because that's where I think, you know, where we're going with the night is how do we grow in our faith? Uh, you know, and I think first and foremost, faith grows through obedience. It's simple obedience and leaning into the Holy Spirit listening to him, actually having ears to hear yeah. whenever he's speaking and to be a, attentive to the presence and when he tells you to do something right now. Yeah. And yeah. no wait. I think it's loyalty also. Yeah. You loyally showing up every day and putting that time in, there, there's that loyalty factor too. Yeah. You know, you're committed to doing this. We're yeah. going to, we're going to do this. And I said, we're going to do this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Your yes is yes, and your no is no. You know, yeah. I committed this time to you every day, Lord, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and... Integrity is huge. Integrity, faithfulness, yeah. loyalty, you know. Well, I think it also, um, it also is um, being consistent in the mundane. <laughs> yeah. And, you the know, I was just... The little things. 
I was just talking to a, a youth a little earlier this week that I love dearly. And, uh, you know, she's, she's been struggling in some, some, in some stuff and mm-hmm. uh, with, her, with her homework. And I got a chance to talk to her about, you know, just being faithful in the mundane and how important that yeah. is to, to get where she wants to go in her future. And, and, you know, you put in the work now to be able to do the things you want to do later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just even in talking to her, like I could feel God's presence in that. Yeah. And and it was as much for me as it was for her. You know, be faithful in the mundane. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Okay, so are are you reading your word every day? Mm-hmm. Are you reading it out loud where you can hear it? Are yeah. you faithfully talking to God every day? Yeah. Are you obedient? Are you responsive? Are you consistent? You know, those things are, matter to God. They're are, huge. Are you reading it in the spirit? Are you letting it read you? Because... Mm-hmm. That's that, I, be, I believe that's what they mean by, you know, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. Well, the word of God is listening to him as I'm reading. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't say it comes by reading the word of God. It says it comes from hearing the word of God. So it's God speaking to you as you're reading and you're reading in the spirit. I believe that's what's that, that transformation, that spark. Yeah. You know? That's everything. Yeah. yeah. I think that if you're just hitting the checklist... Of like, oh, I got my devos. I got to just read this or that today. You know, it's not, it's not the same as whenever you sit down and you actually feast upon the Word with the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And you sit there and you say, God, I, I know nothing. Teach me something out of this today. I just anything. I don't know anything. And you just let Him speak to you through the Word. Yeah. It's it's a major difference. And I think in growing in your faith, like you're saying too, of like. You know, when we talked about disobedience, like, are we dragging our feet? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Right. You know? And, mm-hmm. and that's a huge one for me, is that I'll do it usually, but it's usually after a couple questions. Right. I'm guilty of that. I, I do it all the time. Of Like, I want to have a better understanding. And I think, mm-hmm. I think of a Martin Luther King quote. And he talks about faith. And he says that faith isn't seeing the whole staircase. It's mm-hmm. taking just the first step. Yeah. Right. And it's, there's so many amazing leaders and, and anybody who has done anything great in this world on some level has great faith. Even if they don't believe in God, I believe wholeheartedly that even these secular people that don't know God at all, they have a gift of faith on their life. Because another thing I think of is Robbie Dawkins, and this is exactly how these people have done it. Is faith is spelled R I S K. Yeah, it's taking risk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's stepping it out, and it's saying, "Okay, this is really, really, really risky, but I'm going to do it anyway." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think that's how a lot of these famous people get into it. But also in the spiritual aspect of the more risk that there is in a situation, sometimes you can pull on heaven more. You know, right. and it's just like. Yeah, it's like, God, you have to show up or I'm completely done here. That's what I was going to say. Like, the, when you start getting <laughs> exactly. into things that you know that you can't do, there's some things we can do. Right. And there's some things we're like, mm, yeah, I can probably do that. And we misplace where we should be saying God can do it. Yeah. You know, but then there's other stuff you look at and you're like, hmm, yep, that, that's not within my ability at all. Yeah. You know, and so it puts that pull on God of like, okay, when this happens, you're getting 
all the glory. Like, no one can deny that to you. Yeah. I love whenever uh, Robbie was talking about the story of where he said turning up the risk is when he was in the middle of an Applebee's and you know, he saw this kid with crutches. It was his son that saw the kid. No, it was Robbie. Was it his son? Either way, doesn't matter. The person, whoever it was, Robbie or his son, saw this kid with crutches and he had like a boot on, I believe, too. And like cast. And anyway, he wanted to go pray for him to be healed. And uh, he was an atheist. This kid was. He was like, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in that stuff. And, uh, or no, it was his friend that was an atheist. His friend with him was an atheist. He was fine with him praying, but his friend says, I'm an atheist. He goes, good, you can pray. And so he had the atheist friend pray for this, the sick person. And so anyway, he was like, oh, I don't know. And so anyway, he began to feel like this tension. So he was like, I'm going to turn up the risk. And so instead of backing down and like, he's in the middle of Applebee's, it's not like, hey, let's go step behind a corner yeah. and let's pray in secret. Let's, in, in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't a secretive thing. All of a sudden he yells up in front of everyone in Applebee's, hey, we're about to pray in the name of Jesus and this guy's going to be completely healed. If nobody's ever seen a miracle, come here and come see a miracle for the first time. Yeah. And like invites all these people. Right. And like he just cranking up the wrist. And he was like, man, if God doesn't show up, all of these people right. think, first of all, I'm an idiot. But they've also seen <laughs> a God on display that, you know, he said that he would heal. And so in that moment, he began to pull on heaven, I believe, wholeheartedly. But there was a level of faith that all of a sudden began to rise and say, this is either going to happen or it isn't. <laughs> like, we're, this is do or die. And, um, so I think that's another incredible way of, of growing in our faith is risk. Well, finish it up. He gets healed. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they pray. The kid gets healed and all that. I, do, I fail to finish my story sometimes. I just, I always know it ends in healing, happiness. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I just forget to say it. But, um, yeah. What are some other ways that we can grow in our faith? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't you shift to me when you can't think of something, smart guy. <laughs> you go ahead. I'm thinking. <laughs> well, I was actually talking about the risk factor earlier today. I said yeah. the same thing. You know, and and I think that when we do that, we also have to remember, like, the results are not our job. Yeah. The right. results are not our problem. Like, whatever God does or doesn't do in that moment. First of all, if you don't see it, it doesn't mean he won't do it later. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he didn't already do it and he's going to work it out in them and, and it'll happen later. And and it doesn't mean necessarily that, like, what you're praying for he's going to do. Now, you know, if, if it's healing, I mean, that's healing's God's will. Mm. You know, there's sometimes we pray for stuff and it's selfish and or it's misguided. Yeah. And, you know, he may have it turn out a different way, but whatever it is, if God's doing it, it's going to be for our good. Um, but understanding that those results are not your issue. And and I think that a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves of like, oh, well, I, I didn't see that leg grow out. I didn't see that um, tumor fall off when I smacked that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just smacked someone and it didn't fall off. Mm. Um, but, you know, as long as we're, we're moving in faith by, by God's leading like that's on him yeah 
And I think that really frees me up when I'm praying for someone to just know that I prayed, connected with God. I have faith that he's going to do what only he can do in this situation. And however it turns out, it's going to be for this person's good because that's how God yeah. is. And when it happens, I have to believe that he's going to get all the glory for it. Yeah. And, and refusing to take any of that for yourself. People love to give you glory. They're, they, they're sweet. They're, they're appreciative. They sometimes don't know what else to do with their appreciation. Yeah. And they'll try to shower it on you. And just, you know, being real quick to give that back to God. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you know, that that's God who healed you. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's give God all the praise. You know, redirecting that, you know, kindly. Mm. I think I think faith and, and belief kind of go hand in hand sometimes, too. Because do you really believe what you're reading? Do you believe the whole Bible? Do you believe what it says? Because either you believe it, or that stuff's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jesus is either the Son of God and was rose from the dead and is living right now. He is a live, living God, ready to do to walk with you, to, to co-partner, to co- coexist with you. And either you believe that, or you don't. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure he helps you and he grows you along the way. You know yeah. what I mean? But you either believe that or you don't. Yeah. And so, and your belief turns into the faith. Well, if I do believe that, then why don't I believe that God's going to heal this person or raise this person from the dead mm-hmm. or some other kind of creative, cool miracle? <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, he's either going to do it or he's not, you know? Uh, I heard a guy today talking about limbs growing out. The creative God who created you to begin with can totally just create a whole new limb yeah. to grow out. Like from an amputee. From an amputee. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not there. It's not gone. like you're running around with yeah. three arms. Well, that's what create means. Create means to make from nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. wow. So either he is the creative God or he isn't. What do you believe? Yeah. You know, and kind of going back to our scripture too, as far as like how to grow in your faith, prayer and fasting. Yeah, yeah. You know, sacrificially um, putting some things aside to hear from God, to place God as as the you know most prominent source of anything in your life. Yeah. You know, you, you put aside food because you know food. Let's face it, food sustains us. And for most of us, it does more than sustain. A lot of us have more than we need. Um, But food sustains us. And to um, to abdicate that, uh, I don't know that that's the right word, but to forego eating and know that the true source of our life, the true source of our being and living comes from God. I mean, like, it's just a reminder. And it it also grows your faith. It grows it a, a, a great deal. When you're, you know, you're giving up something that most people would tell you, well, you can't give that up. You can't go without that. Um, But you can if God's in that and and you're looking at your true source. And you can grow a lot in that. It it grows your faith to fast and to replace that time that you would be eating or whatever it is, um, you know, with prayer, with being in your word, with God. I think that um, I think the two biggest ways that I personally grow in faith and the way that I've it's helped me grow in faith is first and foremost is asking Holy Spirit for more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it's really simple, but it works. Because even, you know, the guy, Jesus was, I can't remember which specific miracle it is. I believe it was the one with the dead daughter or something. I don't remember. Maybe his servant was sick. Either way, he came and he said, Jesus, you know, would you do this? He's like, do you have the faith? He goes, no, help me with my faith. Help me with my unbelief. Yeah, help me with my unbelief. I have the faith, but help me with my unbelief. I have the faith, but help me with my unbelief. Yeah. yeah. And so I think of that, and he said, you know, in that, it's it's a prayer. It's a petition. God, I love you. I believe in you. Help me believe more. It's being real and honest before the Lord of where you're That's at. Really good. And just yeah. saying, okay, I need more. I need more. Mm-hmm. I need to grow in this. And when we pray, what we're praying for is more circumstances, more situations for us to exercise that faith. You know, it's it's not just like he magically like, bam, you have more faith. Like, he might in the moment give you that stirring of the gift of faith because I know that's true. Like, there is yeah. a sovereign touch of the Lord that will like all of a sudden in a moment faith begins to rise up within you. Mm-hmm. And really what we've done is we've tapped into the faith of Christ. And so like we've tapped into his faithfulness because he is faithful full of faith right full of faith for us even when we lack faith he has more than enough and so there's moments where we tap into that but i believe more times than not what he wants us to do is the good old-fashioned hard work way and he wants to give us more situations okay you want you want to increase your faith i'm gonna put more sick people around you right i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a financial burden not that he does that but he might <laughs> put a financial <laughs> burden on you so that way you have to live by faith. I'm going to make you lose your job. And you're going to have to live by faith. That so, way, or better, yeah. I'm going to ask you to leave your job yeah. and be a missionary in some weird place. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I was going to say, he calls you into it. Yeah. Like when we went to school, like yeah. we went that second semester, we had we had no provision, really. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like, it's like if you don't show up, Lord, we're we're kind of done. Yeah. So even that first semester, yeah, you they couldn't find a place to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, there was no place they could I find. Have a second live. point, by the way, when we get back to it. Okay, okay, sorry, but go ahead. I just wanted to share that real quick because yeah, go ahead. Um, before I forget, when they left for school, <laughs> they did not have a place to leave when they yeah. left, and we had looked and looked and looked and tried to find a place, and because of. Chuck's past and, and uh, you know, some felony issues, <laughs> you know, it, no one wanted to rent to them. And they couldn't find a place to stay. And they were going to have to stay in hotels. But well, you can't afford to live in a hotel. Right. And so, um, you know, th- he was second guessing. Do we go? What do, what do I do? Do I need to just stay? And and I remember just telling him, I was like, you know what? I, I've, I've heard about, you know, from our pastors and, and associate pastors that, that we know. I was like, I've heard about how they've gotten in their car and they've left and not had anything to get them where they were going. And somehow God provided along the way that yeah. as you go, provision. Yeah. And I was like, get in your vehicle and go. Stop questioning. Don't even give a second thought to should I go and and get. I don't care yeah. if you got to sleep in your truck. Go. You know, and uh, easy for me to say I sleep in a home. But <laughs> as they got in their vehicle and left, within a few hours, I got a call from a lady who um, who they they were staying in a um, Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. They were going to stay in this Airbnb. And uh, it was decided by the Airbnb people that um, they would not rent to them because of his past. And so that's how the cancellation came up. Well, the lady from the Airbnb called us after they left, after Airbnb had already canceled the, the stay. And she said, hey, 
um, are, are they still coming? And I was like, well, yeah, but Airbnb canceled and, and said, you know, they can't rent from you. So I'm, I'm sorry if they haven't informed you yet, but that's just not going to work out. And she, she said, oh, well, well, why not? And I explained the situation and she said, I don't, I don't have any problem with that at all. I don't have any concerns with that. You tell them to come here. And they will stay here and, and they can stay here as long as they need. And if there's any problems, I'll take care of it. And this is just, this is on me. This is outside of Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And I was just like blown away by that. Like I've yeah. heard these stories from our pastors and, and different people in our lives of, of when God's come through in that way. But when he does it for you, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's, it's your first experience with something at that level. Yeah. I mean, I was just elated. I could not wait to call and tell you, like, hey, you've got some place to stay when you get there. Right. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. <laughs> or, like, the first time we received a box of food, Yeah. I sat and cried. Like, yeah, oh, you're just so good. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was on the day that perfectly that we needed it. We didn't have anything else left. We had our, ate our last little couple hot pockets out of the refrigerator to go to school that morning. and Yeah. That afternoon, there's a box full of food. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, he's, he just shows up perfectly. Yeah. You know, it wrecks you. It, it just shows you how much, you know, how much he loves you and how much he's going to take care of you and don't worry about it, which I think is important for coming up. Like, you know, everybody's expecting hard times and end of the world and all that. He says, you know, I'm faithful to take care of the ones who love me. Yeah. Who loved me. The rest of the world's look like it's going to be going to crap, but the ones he loves are going to be just fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then just going back before I forget about my second point is, you know, the number one thing, um, it was asking for more, but then my second one was uh, to increase in faith. I think we must maintain childlikeness. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, it's the abandonment of humanistic logic thinking and it's this analytical processing thing that isn't from god analytical thinking is not from god no it's not. there's a lot of people and you know i might get some flack on this but there's a lot of people that might say well god made me analytical no that is not analytical thinking you see in the garden right whenever adam and eve first sin you see analytical thinking yes it was did god really say they yep. overthought the enemy brought something to their mind to make them begin to analytical think. And because they analytically thought, they dwelled upon these things too long and then they enacted out on sin. Yep. God did not create us to be analytical. Now, he did create us to be intelligent, to yes. use wisdom, but he did not create analytical thinking, which is different. Right. But when we get in that mindset of analytical, you know, humanistic logic, whatever you want to call it, um, man, we've just really put a wet blanket on that flame. Yeah. We, yeah. Faith just goes out the window. Because if you, again, you look at this Bible. Yeah. And you look at this Bible, that don't make no sense. Mm -mm. This doesn't make any sense. But we have to take this at face value. And I don't care if it, the Bible says that Jonah ate the big whale, or the big fish, whatever it was, and spit it back up on dry land. If that's what the Bible said then that's what I believe. Right. Yeah. If it's the fish spitting up Jonah or if it's Jonah spitting up the fish, I don't really care. If that's what the Bible says, then that's what I believe. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where we just have to be, I think, in the number one thing in growing in faith is saying, seeing what's in the Bible, in the Word, believing it at face value, and also when the Holy Spirit speaks to you in, in still like moments, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's been plenty of times I've had a wild thought pop into my head, and I'm like, in the analytical mind, overthink it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I just, that's why I think sometimes he bypasses my brain. Like whenever, yeah. whenever he had me pray for that lady over the phone, and I gave that testimony uh, a few times ago, and anyway, she got up out of her wheelchair. Yeah. I didn't know she was in a wheelchair. I think God did that on purpose. Yeah. Because I could have really been analytical and been like, okay, God's gonna have this lady get up out of a wheelchair over the phone. Man, like if, if God would have told me she's in a wheelchair, I want her to get up out. Of, I would have overthought that. Mm-hmm. But it was a leg, and I had a faith for that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think sometimes he has to bypass. But, man, what if we were to be a people that set aside our logic, and if God said something, we just did it. Yeah. And I think of, like, David Hogan's stories. Yeah. That is a man that oh, walks by faith. Yeah. Like, don't make no sense to me. Yeah. And I hear his stories, it boggles my mind, and it sounds like a sci-fi movie. Right. Like it yeah. just it, it doesn't even sound real. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and like him driving his truck through the river. Yeah. That blows my mind. So he had this story of how him and his group of pastor buddies and stuff, they were they had to go preach at an area. But it was like the rainy season or something. Well the rivers were engorged and all that stuff. Yeah. And so the river he was, a was man out. of integrity and he was gonna be there. Exactly. He was a man of integrity, said he was gonna be there. And so the river was out, and this this massive river. And he says, well, God said for us to be there, so we're going to go. He goes, so, you know, we're going to, he goes, I'm about to put this thing down to about down to 3,000 uh, RPMs. And yep. he goes, we ain't about to look back. He says, so if anybody wants to get out of the truck now, now's your time. He goes, otherwise you're dying with me. And so anyway, they're like, no, we're with you. And so he puts it in drive. He drives into the river. he got the water coming up over the windows. Water comes up over the cab. He's completely submerged. And now you hear the river. Yeah, you hear the river rivers. rushing over the top of your uh-huh. roof of your car. And it's dark. It's dark. He's like, man, you wouldn't believe how dark it is under a river. He goes, but underneath all that water, like, there, there's no sunlight. He goes, so he turned the cab light on. He goes, it didn't really do anything for us. He goes, but it made me feel better. I just wasn't in the dark. <laughs> and so he's just driving along, and he's a mechanic. He knows you cannot run. A car engine submerged underwater. If it gets wet, it's, it's, it just kaput. It's out. Yeah. It's done. And he's just going along, and it took so long, he was just like, well, I guess I'm going to go be with Jesus. He goes, he goes this, we've been in this river a long time. I know that river ain't that big, I guess. And all of a sudden, he's back on dry land, and he drove the rest of the way. Yeah. Like. He said, then they had to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. Like. <laughs> My mind was, okay, like, here's how we can, humanistically, in logic, think our way out of, like, a miraculous situation like that. Yeah. Is in that moment, you could, you could even put it on God. Well, God gives us wisdom. Yeah. He gives us wisdom, and he knows what is, you know, right and wrong for us to do. This is maybe a clear sign from God. Maybe he's protecting me from harm. Maybe this is a purposeful delay. Maybe I should just go back. Maybe this is a sign. And we can like think our way through all this stuff and say, you know what, I don't know. Maybe 
Maybe I wasn't really supposed to go to this village. I don't know. Maybe the pastor's doing something shady. I can't get involved with that. And you can just think your way through it and just turn that truck around and, you know, miss that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But he took it for face value. Right. God said to be here. This river's in my way. I'm about to go through this because Jesus is king. Right. Like, that's, yeah. that's him. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think like that. <laughs> like, God help my faith. Yeah, Jesus is king. <laughs> Man. Well, yeah. I love how you said in the beginning of all this, you know, we have to have a faith like a child. Mm-hmm. And I love Heidi Baker, how she, mm-hmm. whenever she has people come to her for prayer, she brings all the children around and she has the children yeah, pray for them yeah, because yeah. their faith is so untouched by all the things that the world will tell you isn't going to happen. And they have seen things. Yeah. They have seen God move and they believe Absolutely. their faith is big. And we have to have that kind of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think of um, Philip Mantafa. Uh, he's a, a pastor in um, Indonesia. Okay. I, I wasn't sure where. Um, but I know I don't speak that language. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's one of the biggest churches in Indonesia. And Indonesia. <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. And um, he has small groups that are run by children. They don't disqualify you because you're a child. They have their kids from the time they're small. They, they're discipling those kids yeah. to raise up other Christians. Yeah. And they have them praying for people and seeing healings and seeing conversions and seeing like true discipleship happen child to child. And they're growing each yeah. other up. Like that to me is so amazing. That yeah. faith that is untouched by anything else the world would tell you yeah. or anything your experience or education or doubts put into you by other people who yeah. have been, you know, deceived. Like it's totally untouched by that stuff. That's the kind of faith that can, that can move mountains. I think that's where the scripture comes in in Proverbs. It says, uh, there's a way that seems right to a man that leads to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It leads to your spiritual death. You know, you're not going to see miracles if you think, you know, with your man mind, you know, well, this makes sense and this makes logic. Well, that has nothing to do with faith and the yeah, miraculous yeah. and the, because they're, they're two different worlds. Yeah. I mean, know? David Hogan could have yeah. gotten out, made a makeshift boat raft or something, gone across the river, hiked it up to his meeting. You know, I mean, he could have logicked his way out of that, but I love what you said. Like he could have use logic and gotten his way out of a miracle yeah like how often do we think of a way to circumvent god so that we can do it well he yeah. said he said he's been in that situation a hundred times before where they did turn around he said because you know we're going to this place to pick up a sack of feed or this or that he said but this was god said to be there and i gave my word okay well this has all been planned so here we go jesus yeah you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. he was he was going because that's what he said he was doing. Yeah. You know. And I think that's why the Jesus Bible. Jesus said that's what he was doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, that's why the Bible, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, we see that the people God uses are often uneducated men. Yeah. Because it, I think <clears throat> God is turned off by, by human logic. And, and I, don't, I could be wrong. I don't have scripture to back that up. But me personally. When it comes to using people powerfully and mightily, I'm talking about Bible stuff and like 
seeing signs, wonders, mm-hmm. miracles. God can use you, use you wherever. If you're a, a deep thinker and things like that, I mean, I, I'm a deep thinker, but it's different. Well, than Paul analytical. was an educated man. Yeah, Luke was a doctor. Exactly. You know, so it's not like they didn't get used. Yeah, but I see people like Moses who couldn't even talk right. He had yeah. a stutter. He had a speech impediment or whatever. And he, he like couldn't speak right. He was a murderer. He was a, a shepherd. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a liar. He was out there tending sheep. After he left, you know, he abandoned his home country. Like, that one was like, God was, wow, that's perfect. I want that one. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that blows my mind. Yeah. Or he sees, out of all the people in Jerusalem, he sees some fishermen and he says, ooh, that's my kind of people. Mm-hmm. I like them. Peter, he's a loose cannon. Right. I can't contain him if I wanted to. Yeah, let's let's try him. Or you see people like, um, um, oh, what was it? Was it Simon that was the zealot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A zealot was a literal, like, it's a modern-day terrorist. Right. Yeah. What a zealot was is they were uh, advocates against Roman, Roman Empire. And what they would do is they would go through like like giant crowds where Roman soldiers were standing at posts and it was so crowded they would go through and they would be hooded and they'd have these little daggers and they'd go in and they'd stab them in the kidney and kill these Roman soldiers and they'd leave and they'd scatter before anyone could catch them. Yeah. They're modern day terrorists. Right. They would capture caravans and things like that, Roman uh, caravans and stuff. Like, he saw a terrorist. Put in today's terms, he saw a Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. A, whole, a horrible person and said, I want to use that one. Yeah. Like, these are the kinds of people that God wants to use. Yeah. I don't know. That blows my mind. You know, it's it always amazes me whenever people see someone who has been a horrible person. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, oh, man, you know, you should just, just put them out of their misery. Put a bullet in their head. That's what they need. Yeah. You know? And, and those are the very people that when they get converted, when God gets a hold of them, like, oh my gosh, the things that God can do with that. And so many people, the worst of all, are Christian people that want to question it. Oh, yeah, but is it real? Is that a real conversion? You know, Brian Head Welch, he, he went through a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, just like, oh, well, you, you were in this band with all this horrible you know stuff and doing all the drugs and stuff. Like, is your conversion real? Well, why would you go back and be in that band? And, you know, if you were a real Christian, why would you go back and be a part of that? Dude, he is touching lives in circles that other people can't get into because yeah. of their Christianity. He's able to go into heavy metal concerts with covered with Satanists and atheists and everything else. Pray for people. See him healed. See him come to Christ. Like, he's got access to an area because yeah. of who he is and how he's been. Yeah. He's got that access. Yeah. And, like, it's so often we want to question people who do things like that, you know, who look so radically different. Dude, if you don't look radically different, what did Jesus do in your life? Did, did you let him do it? Yeah. Did you let him do the whole thing he wants to do? Because I know I look radically different. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean... A lot of people when look, Jesus gets a hold of you, you should look different. Yeah, a lot of people look radically different. You know, uh, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He's hiding in a wine press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trembling, scared. Right. The, the littlest of the little people of his little tribe. You know, the weakest of the weak. He's hiding in a wine press. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. Went out and, and beat an army with like 300 guys. Yeah. 
you know, started with a big a big group of guys yeah. that kept dwindling. Yeah, God's like, like oh, God knew, send them home. God yeah. knew if he started with three hundred, Gideon might have a little problem. Yeah, he's right. like, yeah, let me start you here and work your way yeah. down. Right, <laughs> right. We're gonna build that faith for yeah. you. Yeah, but God, I think God always calls you for what He sees, not for who what people see. He sees oh, the yeah. He sees the end, not the beginning. Well, He sure. sees who who He created you to be. Yeah. yeah. And I know when when we were split up, that was one of the biggest revelations He gave me. You know, I'm, I didn't, I was angry with you. I didn't, I couldn't stand you. You know, I was so mad and just all I could see was all of the, all the things you did and all the ways you didn't measure up and all the things that you didn't do that you should have done, you know, and that's all I could see when I looked at you and God showed me a picture of you as a little boy. And he said, this is my son before the world touched him. And it was so beautiful. You know, it was so like. Man, that's who God created him to be. That, you know, that little smiling, sweet, innocent boy with a huge calling, with, you know, with uh, God's hand on him and yeah. plans for his life. Yeah. And, you know, the, the world might have tried to intercept you and you might have went along with it for a little while. But God showed me through him that he, he could put you right back on course. Yeah for what he had planned for you from the very beginning, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, God just will allow you to see people differently. If you'll let him change your, pers- your perspective of, of what you think of people yeah. and just look at them, yeah. look for that gold in them, the God in them, that yeah. image that was really in them from well, the beginning. I think we got to remember a lot of times when we deal with people too, that the enemy's trying to destroy them, especially if there's right. greatness on their life. Yeah. If, if they have a calling and a greatness that God's calling them to, because God doesn't have favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm one. So, you know, uh, if you have that kind of destiny, he's going to try to take you out. Yeah. I believe that's with all the abortion stuff. This next generation has some major John G. Lakes and Smith Wiggleworths coming from it. That's why abortion's running rampant and they're pushing for it so hard because they're the ones that are going to change the world. Yeah. Well, you, you see know, that even with Jesus. Yeah. There was a decree. Yeah. Set yeah. out. Moses, yep. too. And Moses, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, we'll kill all the firstborn boys. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. see it was a huge push because there was something great to come from that generation. Right, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think in growing in faith, you know, it, it really is. It's taking off the human lenses that we see and we put on God's lenses. Yeah. And we see things through... Oh man, that reminds me of the story of Dan, of how like when he first came to Christ, mm-hmm. that blood veil came down. But anyway, that's that's not necessarily about faith. But anyway, I just remind me of that. But anyway, just the veil of God before you that you see through the blood veil is what he saw. But um, that's a good story. But I <laughs> doesn't pertain. I'll save it for another time. We'll let him tell the story. Yeah, yeah, we need him on here. We'll invite him over. Yeah. But um, anyway, we see things through the lens of Christ, and. Um, Again, we just take things at face value. Just remain childlike. Uh, r- remain humble. Yeah. And don't act like you know everything. And right. act like just because we're co-laborers and co-heirs with Christ doesn't mean that we uh, are co-lord. Right. Like, that's the number one thing. We're not co-lord. We're right. co-laborers. <laughs> right. We do work. <laughs> we're we're gruntmen. We, we do the frontline work. We are not the Lord. And we yeah. do not have that place. Yeah. That's the difference between being right and being righteous. Yep. You know? Yeah. Well, 
think we've reached perhaps a cutoff point. Yeah. Because I feel like we could do this for about another three hours. And we might once we turn this off. Well, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if we turn on some David Hogan. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, um, just want to build your faith. You know, sometimes just sharing this kind of stuff helps build faith too. Yeah. You know, hearing other people um, speak about their faith and and how they how they grow it, how they trust God, how they you know engage that faith. Yeah. You know, it helps. Testimonies so, are huge. You yeah. know, testimonies are a huge way to build faith, to stir mm -hmm. up faith. <clears throat> testimonies are also it's um, testimony of Jesus as the Spirit of prophecy. Right. So it just means do it again, God. So when yeah. you hear of somebody else going through a situation and all of a sudden God came through, you then can have that faith enacted in you. Well, if you did it for them, do it for me. Yeah. I think it gives you some basis to kind of imagine too because God's going to do much bigger things than that. So it's like how far can you imagine God going and then he's going to do even greater things than that. And yeah. that's in the Bible. Yeah. So, you know, I mean... I, know, I got a pretty wild imagination, and he's going to do even greater things than that. So, yeah. yeah, that's really cool, you know. Well, I think these stories encouraged us, which is what got us on this role. And yeah. so, you know, we just wanted to share them and and share our faith with you, and and uh, you know, love to hear your stories of faith as well. Yeah, you know, what are the what are the things that you do, and what are the things that you've experienced? I think yeah. that'd be awesome if you could share those things with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray, and then uh, we'll end it up. All right. Want me to pray? Sure. God, I just thank you. Um, I thank you for the way you've set up Christianity. The Lord Jesus, in your infinite wisdom and in your infinite power and might and knowing everything from beginning to end, you knew that the best way that this relationship would work would be by faith. You could have set it up to where we can see you visibly and we can just serve you like servants and it would be a simple decree from a king and we would follow that decree. But Lord Jesus, you have made it so much more fun, so much more personal, so much more risk involved and so much ah just intimacy out of the the stepping out in faith god in your infinite wisdom you've made this a faith walk and god i thank you for that sometimes i get frustrated with having to uh, not having enough faith or uh, needing to have faith for something sometimes i just want it to be there and just sometimes i just want to see you sometimes i just want to feel you whenever i'm having a difficult situation but thank you god that you don't give in to my humanistic uh, tendencies to want to just give up and to just abandon faith and just lean into what's easy thank you that you stay true to who you are that you are a god of integrity that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. You are good from the beginning, and you always will be. God, I'm so thankful for that, because you didn't have to be. We just get so caught up sometimes in thinking that God is the way he is just because that's who he has to be. No, it's who you chose to be. You don't have to be good. You just are. 
And I'm so thankful for that. And you're never going to change. It's not like you're not going to be good one day. You don't change your mind about that. It's who you are. But I'm so thankful that you made your mind up about that and that you are faithful. So God, I just pray that you would help us with our faith. Help us grow even, even deeper into this faith walk. I pray that you would set up opportunities for us to exercise and use this faith muscle. Yeah. That we would become just spiritual hulks that would go around with just, man, with, with such, such a confidence in our God that in our weakness, yes, you are strong. Whenever we don't have enough faith, you show up. And so, God, I just thank you for that. And I just ask you would release your Holy Spirit upon us and embolden us. Give us the courage to walk that faith out. And Lord Jesus, give us spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes so that we may see these circumstances when they come, and a spiritual heart to discern the things that are going on around us. And we ask all this in your Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good stuff. Well, I'm so glad you guys joined us for another episode, and um, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Um, stay tuned as we continue this journey. We will be, it's 2021, got a lot of fun things planned for this year. I know we've been talking a lot about having interviews and haven't done it yet, but it is coming very soon. And uh, we just have so many fun things planned, so just stay tuned, look forward to it, and uh, bless you all, have an incredible week, and we love you.